ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Welcome to the Golf Central Podcast presented by TaylorMade. I'm Rex. He's Lab. We're both going to get into and unpack the PGA Tour's revision of the revised schedule. But before that, Lavner, I need to ask a serious question about what's the penalty for social distancing on social media. And I asked this because I, I, I ran into an issue and I'll be the first one to admit that I am not very good when it comes to social media. However, as I'm- That is true. It, it, yes, thank you for agreeing. I appreciate that. As I'm scrolling through Twitter this weekend, I realized that Will Gray, who I have worked with as a colleague, as a trusted and admired colleague for 10 years- He's been I, on this podcast. Who's regularly on this podcast. I do not follow. So then the, the issue came up I have to hit the follow button, but then he's going to see it, and, and it did transpire that way. And it's a very embarrassing, do you hit the follow button? Do you just let it ride? Should I have not have done anything? Like, I, I really need to know. So it was, it was one of those Twitter suggestions of like, hey, this is someone that you might like to follow. Exactly. Yeah. This, is, this is someone who works in the golf industry and, and potentially would have some golf news that might be of interest to you. Uh, that was it. And I immediately read, and there was plenty of other people in there who I'm fine not following. And I've made a point of distancing myself from them. However, like Willie's not one of them. I don't know how I had done this for a decade, just completely overlooked him. And of course he saw and sent me a, a happy Easter and thanks for the early Easter present. However, this, this is an annual occurrence between you and I, where you well, don't that, like some, that's by design. You, don't, you don't like, yeah, you don't like some of the NCAA coverage I do, you know, in, in, in April and May. And that, that earns you a, a quick, for some reason, a block, not, not just an unfollow, not just a mute for the time being for like a one or two months ban, an outright block, which is just outrageous. And so every year at the US Open, we'll, we'll sit down and, and I say, hey, uh, you know, that was, we that was a point you put out, isn't it? And you're saying, yeah. oh, I, didn't, I didn't see I, it. It's not, yeah, it's not my timeline because I blocked you. <laughs> always have to beg you back. Yeah, uh, it's uh, we always reconnect. We always get back, and you know, NCAA's this year, so we won't have our separation of church and state. So you don't have to worry about it. I, I, I am sad that I, I kept Willie on on cold blast for so long. So now I have to go and apologize to him personally. All right, let's get to the news of the day, which of course is the revised schedule, the PGA Tour. It has been pushed back three weeks. Essentially, we will still be starting at Colonial, the Charles Schwab Challenge, on June 11th. A uh, couple of things about the schedule are interesting, and we'll get to those. But first, let's—I'll put it out there. I mean, give me the viability at this point that you see last. Well, from the PJ Tour perspective, and you and I were both on uh, a teleconference with PJ Tour's Tyler Dennis, Nanny Pasner, and basically the only answer, the only concrete answer they have for our questions is when it, is a tournament going to be played? 
They they have that completely mapped out. They're basically going to play a PJ Tour event every week except Thanksgiving until December 6th. That is the only concrete answer they have. They didn't have any answers right now on potential protocols they're going to have. They didn't have any answers in terms of how they're going to keep players, media, caddies, tour officials, rules officials, the whole ecosystem of the PJ Tour. They had no concrete answers on how they're going to keep them safe. They had no answers on international players, the the 25 plus international players or 35 plus caddies who are living outside the United States in terms of the travel ban. When's that going to be lifted? They didn't have any answers for that. When I asked if there's a deadline, Rex, on when you have to decide whether a tournament can go ahead, whether that tournament is ready for PJ Tour play, they didn't even have an answer for that. It's tournament by tournament. It's community by community. It's, it's so up in the air right now. And, and basically all they've done is said, here's our plan for the next six months. It looks good to us. We'd absolutely love to have this, this full 36 tournament 2019-2020 PJ Tour season. Uh, but right now, it's still very much up in the air. Well, and it's funny. When I, I talked to a member of the pack last night before they released the schedule this morning, and there is a high level of confidence that they can do this. At least, I mean, the, of course, I ran over the lead in this, and they're not going to have fans at the first four events. At the very least, I would think that's probably going to carry over to whatever the events are after that first month. Even with those restrictions, and you're right, there weren't a lot of answers. And I think the, the one that stands out, and I will give you total credit for this one, and let's just call it right now, hashtag testing, 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 because that's what this is all about. This is what it's going to come down to. You're not going to be allowed to congregate even just players and caddies and a select handful of media and volunteers and officials in a confined area like that for a prolonged period of time without readily available testing. And I'm to- they're talking about when you heard Tyler Dennis say that what they have in mind now is maybe you take a test before you get on the plane, you take a test after you get off the plane, you take a test during the actual tournament week. And right now, that's just not available. No, and the PGA Tour is, is banking on these next seven or eight weeks, the United States significantly ramping up its testing protocols. Right now, you know, we're, we're not health experts. We're not, we're not covering this on a daily basis. But right now, testing in the United States seems to have stalled out in, certain, in terms of those, there's a finite number of tests. PJ Tour is banking on the fact that the federal government, the state government, the local government can get their act together and and have widespread available testing. And not just, as, as you mentioned, you know, one time on, on Thursday morning before you go to the first tee, hey, yeah. let's, let's, let's see if you've got it. I mean, this is something that needs to be done all week, every single day, multiple times a day with everyone in the PJ Tour ecosystem. To be able to do that effectively would require a massive and a significant increase in the amount of available testing. But the PJ Tour is banking on the fact that over the next seven or eight weeks, we can reach that point. I, I, think, I think everyone's a little bit skeptical that can happen, but that is what needs to happen for the PJ Tour to resume. And perhaps they can. And like you, I do not cover this on a regular basis. So as I was writing this afternoon, I had to go and look and I went to the CDC's website and they had these set up just to not to bore you to death with how it works, but there's three levels of priority. The first for these tests is hospitalized patients and symptomatic healthcare workers. And then the second is kind of patients in a long-term care facility and patients over 65 and it goes on and on. I can tell you that of these three priority levels, not one time do they mention either golfers or PGA Tour players. They aren't mentioned in there. So I guess my point of this is, as it stands right now, and I understand the exercise that the tour is going to have to go through, we're probably going to be sitting 
at these laptops staring at each other a month from now having this exact same conversation because this is an exercise that they're going to have to continue to do because you just can't wait for the all clear and then decide, okay, let's plan for the season. They have to be ready. They have to have contingencies in place. But as of right now, I don't know where they're getting this optimism. The only thing that makes me somewhat optimistic is the fact that that President Donald Trump has had conversations with every commissioner of sports organizations and sports leagues in the United States about restarting their season. So this is, they didn't just pull this, this optimism out of a hat. They, they clearly got it from the federal government that, hey, we might be able to, to provide what you need to get your season going. It's not going to be available in a week or two. It, it might not be available for two months when Colonial wants to get started here, June 11th through 14th. But it's going to come down the road. And it seemed to me, if Trump is having these conversations with commissioners, perhaps he is going to move them towards the front of the line. Obviously not ahead of the frontline healthcare workers, but I could see them him sliding them up. Who do, so they, get a, who do they, they get in get, front of? They, they get a little bit of a preference. Who? Who are, we, who are we jumping in front of in that line? I think I think they would have preference over like a you or me, just a regular American citizen. Uh, all right, but I don't know if that's really in the like. I'm not even comparing us. We're not in this conversation. I'm asking that if you look at the hierarchy of people who need the test for obvious reasons to make sure the country is running, to make sure the country is safe, PGA Tour players, caddies, media officials, whatever the case may be, we have to be just by design far down that list. You would you would think so, but but they are banking on the fact that there's going to be widespread available testing. We're look we're we're all skeptical we're all skeptical about it, but the fact that Monahan is on that council and has had conversations with Trump leads me to believe he he knows something. Perhaps, yeah, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I think what they're looking at is what the world might look like for seven weeks from now. And as we've seen, things change dramatically when it comes to the coronavirus. But this also opened up a. A follow-up question where, and you mentioned Andy Panzer kind of ran the call, and he talked about just the viability of the season. You said 36 events. If we start at Colonial on June 11th, end up with 36 events counting the playoffs, that's a viable season. Charles Held III was on a conference call yesterday. He said that's a viable season. I think everyone would agree that there aren't going to be any asterisks, that this is going to be a good season. We're not going to look back and say, yeah, he won. But, however, at what point is it not a viable season? And I asked Andy, and he did not have an answer for that either, among the many things they didn't have answers for. Let's just assume that we're going to be sitting here having the same conversation a month from now, and we're starting now on July 11th. Is that a viable season? And, he, and his answer was, Rex, we don't, we don't have a threshold. We don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't have a, a certain percentage. And, and look, if they can somehow play all of these events and they can play nearly three-quarters of the PGA Tour schedule, of course it'd be credible. However, if you start running into these international players who, who can't get back in the United States to, to play tournaments, then you could have a situation where player eligibility is in a question. If you, if you start at the Memorial in, in mid-July, now you're looking at, what, three-fifths of the tournament schedule? That, that probably doesn't seem like it'd be a credible season whatsoever. We seem to be heading towards, I think we can both agree that there's going to be probably some more cancellations here. We seem to be heading towards this mega season on the PGA tour that's going to encompass both the 2019, 20 PGA tour season, as well as the 2020, 21 PGA tour season. That comes with a whole sorts of complications, not least of which would be what happens to the top performers on the corn Ferry tour who are not then getting uh, a promotion to, to the big leagues. I think that's most critical because then guys who haven't played well, who are 126 to 200 are just kind of hanging on for dear life and getting a free season on the PGA tour. 
Well, and we talk about things they can't answer or wouldn't answer, whatever the case may be. Promotion and, promotion and relegation is the one that absolutely isn't going to be answered. I can't imagine probably not even this year, simply because that's going to require so much, so many other moving parts, unless we start on that June 11th date and we can play this something similar. But even then the corn Ferry tour won't have anything close to what they need to. So that's a whole different conversation. But as it applies to this, is there anything to be said for the fact that there will be only be one major played in this season if things play out the way they are right now? Yeah, I mean, the, the PGA Championship, which is also questionable since it's going to be at TPC Harding Park, uh, the governor of California is, is skeptical that we can have any sort of, of large gathering, whether that's a major championship, a, a sporting event, whatever have you. So I think the PGA is still very much up in the air. But yeah, you're looking at in 2020, 2021 season, you're looking at six major championships, the Olympics, uh, the Players Championship, the FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, that is a, that is a jam-packed schedule that we're hoping that we can even have as in terms of the fall portion of the schedule. I've got, look, I've got no problem with the 2019, 20 PJ tour season, just kind of being a, a one-off. I, we, you and I, you and I talked about this separately in a phone conversation yesterday. Look, I, everyone's determined to, to make these FedEx cup playoffs with the usual 125 and then 70 players and then 30 for the tour championship. I'm fine. Just having just this fun free for all, with these three tournaments, I know the sponsors might not want to have that, but if the PGA tour is committed to providing playing opportunities for its members, I'm not sure how you can have the traditional playoff format, just have these big money tournaments and just have a, just have an absolute free for all over Labor Day weekend. To me, that'd be the most fun and the most sensible option. Well, and to go back to what you mentioned earlier, and this is going to be an issue for the players. There's, there's 25 international players who live outside the United States and, and would be impacted by the current travel restrictions. According to the memo that the tour sent out last week, they will give players two to three weeks of, let's say, a spring training to prepare for the restart. To give them, all right, it's going to absolutely be colonial. You have two to three weeks. Those, those players have to figure out how to get in the country. Talking with Charles Howe, it's going to be a challenge even for players who live in the United States to figure out how to get back in the saddle. It's not going to be an easy transition because these guys are used to the ebb and flow of a normal season. Charles Howell, who is a man with more blisters in his hand on his hands than a, than a lumberjack. He he's not hitting golf balls right now. And that is completely out of character for him. And I don't think he's in a di any different than let's say Brooks Kepka. I mean, there's, there's counties in South Florida in which golf courses are closed. So while tiger may be able to play at medalist, some guys who are at the Bears Club or PJ National, wherever it is in South Florida, they cannot play right now. They cannot practice. I was listening to a Brooks Kepka Instagram live in which he says he hasn't he hasn't hit balls since it's because he has nothing nothing to practice for. Now, putting June 11th through 14th on the calendar at least gives them a target date. They can start, you know, preparing their workouts and range sessions accordingly. Um, it's not like you're, you're trying to peak now in, in two or three weeks. You still have seven or eight weeks two months to get ready for the PJ tour season. Most of these guys, it's like riding a bike. You can just kind of find your way in it after a couple of days of rust. Um, but at least now there is a target date. Now that target date might continue to get pushed around, but I, I'm not worried about players being ready to go. when when, when the, when the horn goes off, I mean, these guys are professional athletes. This is plenty of time to prepare for PJ tour season. And one of the things, and, and this was a surprise to me, I'd heard, I mean, I think we had both heard about a lot of these schedule adjustments and what was going to happen today. The one I was truly surprised about was, was the heritage. And, and part of that is because I was talking with the tournament director the night before, and somehow he never mentioned the fact that he was back on the schedule. I, what, what, what threw me is if you looked on the PGA Tour schedule, 
they had Heritage along with 11 other events with all caps, red letters, canceled. So now in my mind, I'm having to go back through these events that have been canceled and thinking to myself, well, maybe they're not canceled. Because Andy Panzer said today that this was just an act exercise of capitalizing on this, what he called scheduled opportunities. And by that, he means the Olympics being postponed, the Open Championship being canceled, the U.S. Open being postponed until after the season. All of these dates became open. If more dates start to become open, I'm curious, does some of these other events come back to life? Does the Wells Fargo suddenly not go from canceled to being played sometime in September? I mean, I think there, it just has to be in terms of, of, of the viability of, of that particular region. I do find it interesting, too, Rex. Let's let's just let's just break this PJ Tour schedule down a little bit. Look at three of the first four now on this revised PJ Tour calendar. You have the, the Charles Schwab Challenge, which is in Fort Worth. Right now, Texas is is mandating a 14-day quarantine for for some visitors. RBC Heritage, South Carolina. From South Florida, no less. No, just, to, just to be clear, some of yeah. those are from South Florida, yeah. Exactly. RBC Heritage, South Carolina is not that big of a deal. Travelers Championship in Connecticut, that was one of the original epicenters for the coronavirus. Moving now to the following week, Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. That's one of the hardest hit areas by the virus. That's just three of the first four events. So, so when you, you mentioned some of these tournaments falling off, maybe potentially coming back on the schedule, you really have to look at this just region by region, community by community, because you know the, the curves might have flattened or the peaks have already happened in, in some particular areas. And not others. And that's something that the PGA Tour officials are going to have to adjust to on the fly. It, it shows you what kind of news day this was. And, and, and I appreciate a, a good news day as much as the next guy having set around my house. You should see my yard, by the way. It is it's perfect. Just I mean, like Augusta, Augusta-esque? It kind of is, yeah. I mean, I'm very proud of what I've been able to do in my yard with all the free time. However, lost in today's news was news that the Greenbrier, which has been a tour staple for, let's say, a decade right now, is no is no more. It will not come back. It not only will it not be played this season, it's never going to be played again. I only mention this because as I was talking about speaking with a couple of tournament directors over the last few days, it I have been informed and I did not know this, that from a tournament's point of view, and, and you need to keep in mind the tournaments are separate businesses than the PGA tour, that from the tournament's point of view, playing events without fans is going to cost them more money than not playing them at all. Which suddenly opens up another question of the tournaments really want to do that. Right. Why would you why would you possibly sign up for that then? I, I mean, I, that, that's the question I have to a lot of tournament directors. And I understand there's there's probably going to be some pressure from your your sponsor, RBC in the Heritage case, clearly wanted to get back on the schedule and they clearly want to be part of the conversation. And I'm sure it has something to do with the community as well. I mean, Hilton Head probably needs whatever people they get to show up. I mean, as we all know, it's a tourist town. However, I mean, you're talking about tournaments that right now most tournaments are year to year. I mean, everyone seems to think all oh, these tournaments are financially set. They're really not. And if you take a hard financial hit this year and something changes next year, the schedule could even look different going into the future because of the economic impact of what we're going through right now. Yeah, we've already seen that impact on the on the European tour, as reported by by our friend James Corrigan of the Telegraph. He, you know, Keith Pelly sent a, mem- a memo to members there saying, "Look, this is going to have a profound impact." on our circuit. We don't know what 2021 is going to look like, but I promise you, it's not going to look like that memo was dark in 2018, 2019, very, very sobering. The prospect of, of having to play multiple tournaments in a given week, no luxury, you know, no, no courtesy cars, no luxury lounges <laughs> for the players. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a barren outlook. I'm not sure the PJ tour is going to, going to be quite that, uh, 
quite that sobering of a of a return to competition, but it it does it does lead you to it does lead you to wonder exactly what the PJ Tour's impact is going to be because as as you mentioned, Rex, these tournaments it's look what it's it's fifty buck fifty bucks for a daily pass or a tournament. That's not where the loss is going to come. It's it's going to come from those hospitality suites that aren't going to be filled because no spectators are allowed and it's going to be essential personnel only. Hospitality and pro-ams, Monday and Wednesday pro-am. Uh, one tournament director told me that 80 to 90% of his operating budget, and again, this isn't about the purse or the TV money, 80% of his operating budget, 80 to 90% of that comes from the Monday, uh, Wednesday pro-am and the corporate skyboxes he puts up around 18 and 16, whatever the case may be, as opposed to 10 to 15% are just regular ticket walk-up sales of, of folks. So no, holding an event without fans is not that big of a deal. Holding it without the corporate sponsors and the pro-am that is an economic haymaker. Yeah, and that's and that's what makes PJ Tour golf so much different than you know the proposals to bring back Major League Baseball or the, or the NBA. And, and I, I listened to Dr. Fauci yesterday. He said, "Look, you can you can bring back these sports. You can bring back these team sports. Just quarantine the players and officials in a team hotel. Make sure they're not interacting with their families for four or five months. Um, you know, just kind of socially distance them, t- test them regularly. Y- you can do that." But this is a this is a traveling circus, with each region that is totally different than the next. Uh, the 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 charitable aspect, the financial aspect of of sponsors and and various other well to doers who want to be part of the tournament. Uh, it's it's not as simple as as just kind of quarantining a league in in Phoenix and and seeing how it goes. Well, and I had this conversation. Ms. Ryan Burr brought the, brought this up during the Golf Central we did a few days ago about maybe we follow the, the MLB's model where Major League Baseball wants to pretty much create a bubble. I think it's in Arizona with all the teams playing on four or five different fields and everyone's sort of quarantined from the outside world. And I understand where he's coming with that, but that model doesn't work for golf because no, what, what are you going to play PJ national over and over again? Yeah. The RSM classic has no, uh, not, oh, sorry. The RSM heritage has no interest in playing at TPC Sawgrass just because that's where all the players are quarantined. That, that doesn't do anything for the community. It really doesn't do anything for the sponsor. Cause now all of a sudden it's just really one event after another. That, that doesn't work. That model wouldn't work in golf. I, uh, before we move on, I do want to just point out, and I, you touched on this, but as I go down the schedule, the three events that stand out to me that are really the most perilous, let's say, all right, so we've got this schedule. This is kind of a wish list. You pointed out the, PGA Championship at Harding Park. Uh, I, I think the Ryder Cup is probably one we're going to look at. Rocket Mortgage would be the first one on the schedule in Detroit. What about, what about Travelers? That's in Connecticut. Travelers would be the one. And then the other one's the U.S. Open. I mean, even if they don't play it at Wingfoot, I still think it would be a, a dangerous move. Yeah, just just looking down, Travelers, Rocket Mortgage, like we mentioned. Um, I mean, the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park. I just don't see – I know – I know uh, uh, PGA CEO Seth Waugh came out and said that there's there's three plans for for playing this year's PGA Championship, as scheduled, without fans, or they're going to have to move it to another location. We could probably speculate on that, thinking uh, <clears throat> Bahala would be a good one for that. Uh, however, so I think the PGA Tour, the PGA Championship, it, it just doesn't seem like a viable option to be played at TBC Harding Park this year, which is unfortunate because I think we're all looking forward to to getting up there. We think that'd be a, a great championship venue. Uh, but that just doesn't seem viable. You mentioned the U.S. Open in the New York City area. That's iffy. And the Ryder Cup, I, I know it's all systems go right now. That is literally the, the definition of a large gathering. <laughs> you're, you're looking at 50 to 75,000 people a day 
all crammed together on basically what is a four hole span in terms of the matches being spread out. I just don't see any way that that's played in 2020. Well, and, so and then you can have a full qualifying system when you boot that to, to fall 2021. Well, and then someone asked me about playing the Ryder Cup without fans. And of all Stop the it. events, and look, I, it. it's hard for me to wrap my mind. I know. It's Stop hard for me to wrap my mind around the Masters. You couldn't do that without the Ryder Cup. I mean, there would be no, it would be like practice rounds, essentially what you're doing. You're not going to get Ian Poulter being Ian Poulter without those fans. And that's there really what no makes point, the Ryder Cup. There would be no point in having a Ryder Cup. And I think, I think it's even debatable whether you have a major championship without fans. I, I mean, they're going to they're gonna have to make that determination, I think. I think, you know, in all likelihood, fans will not be at sporting events this year. In all likelihood, that's going to be the case. And, oh, so, wow. and so these major now, championships are going to have to weigh whether it, having a TV product outweighs the fact that you're not going to have fans on site and that kind of experience. Ryan Lander just killed fans for the entire season. Now, you can't do that. You can't say for the entire year. Now, it's, it's hard to think how they, it could happen before, let's say, August or September. There could be another outbreak September. in the fall. Oh, of course there could be. All right, we did this experiment last week, but I wanted to retouch with you real quick. What was the one thing you missed the most now, in retrospect, from the Masters? Oh, uh, I mean, just the, just the feeling of covering it. I, I, even, I even bought a new tape recorder since, since this is super inside baseball, but we, we, can't, we can't bring our iPhones out of, the, out of the media building. And so I even bought a new tape recorder. It's very nice. I hadn't bought one since college. So mine was, you know, 10 plus years old. It's, it's brand new, great speaker on it, can, can download to my, to my laptop. I'm, I'm, I'm all pumped for November 12th or 15th in, in the Masters. But I mean, just, just covering it, it's, it's, it's such a treat every single year. It's a treat. And the reason I bring it up, because the one thing that I didn't put down, and this is going to sound terrible, but one of the highlights of the week for me is getting in my car on Monday morning and driving to Hilton Head. Not because I want to get out of Augusta, but because the difference between the, the pressure of the Masters and uh, the intensity of that tournament versus going to Hilton Head and being relaxed and being on the beach. And it's like a whole different world. So except, would, except now, except now you're going to your second home. I'm going to RSM. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've I noticed mean, that. Perfect. I've thought about it. It, it is really perfect. And actually, I, I think I might just make a two-week run out of it, just to be honest with you. Oh, you just might. Thanks, and then Thanksgiving's after that. I mean, life is going to be good for Rex Hoggard. And, it is. Yeah, it'll, it's going to be a good fall. Uh, don't tell Will Gray. I'm going to have to block him on Twitter. All right, that, that'll do it for all the schedule talk. For more on the re-release schedule, check it all out on GolfChannel.com. And we'll talk to you next week on the Golf Central Podcast, presented by Taylor May. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.